Welcome to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We put knowledge and care within reach so you have everything you need to live your life to the fullest. This podcast is sponsored by UM Charles Regional Medical Center. I'm Scott Webb, and there are certain topics that men generally don't love to discuss, and one of them is definitely erectile dysfunction. And joining me today to help men to know that ED is common and treatable is Dr. David Levy. He's a urologist at UM Charles Regional Medical Group, Urology. So, Doctor, thanks so much for your time today. As I was thinking about our conversation, I was making a little list of the things that men generally don't love to talk about. And no matter how hard I tried, ED or erectile dysfunction just was always at the top of my list. So, as we get rolling here, what is or what causes erectile dysfunction? What you say is quite true. It's oftentimes men are reluctant to get into that, but the most common things that really impact on erectile dysfunction in our society are some of the most common prevalent things that we see throughout, and that's high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes. And, you know, as society has evolved over time in dietary patterns, diabetes, the epidemic of diabetes and overweight, just parlay into numerous health risk factors. But the most common things for erectile dysfunction are really diabetes, blood pressure, and cardiovascular disease. And that really permeates throughout the population. So we end up start seeing this in guys in their early 50s. We have about 29% incidence of men age 50 to 59 that have erectile dysfunction. And what erectile dysfunction really means is an erection that is not suitable for satisfaction in terms of function. So there are varying degrees of that. You can get varying levels of an erection in terms of increased blood flow with rigidity sufficient for penetration or without rigidity. And the varying degrees of satisfaction are different for men depending on what their needs are. So in men in their early 50s, again, almost about a third of the population has some form of erectile dysfunction. It may not be complete lack of function, but it may be dissatisfaction with how well they perform. And we do see them in the office, not uncommonly. And when guys get into their 60 to 69 years age bracket, it's over 40% of patients. Overall across the country, it's north of 20 million men that are affected with this. So you say nearly 30%, you know, a third of the population, and I didn't even realize that it was that high. And it sounds to me like when you're treating erectile dysfunction, treating ED, really what you need to do is treat the underlying causes or underlying risk factors. Am I hearing that right? So that's part of it, you know, because it's not infrequent that someone comes in with the complaints that they're having difficulties and you can't find a reason. Why is that? Well, the guy comes in, he's healthy otherwise, he's working a regular job, he may be anything from an engineer to a lawyer to a construction worker, it doesn't matter, but they may not have any health risk factors at all. Well, why is that an issue? Because there are a multitude of things that go into this phenomenon that creates an erection for function. You have to have increased blood flow, You have to have the right psychological frame of mind. It has to be in the right environment. So there are numerous factors aside from diabetes or high blood pressure or heart disease in one fashion or another that impact on erectile dysfunction. Psychological factors play a massive role in this. So guys can come in perfectly healthy, normal blood tests, normal testosterone levels, 
no smoking history, no diabetes, but they are having significant issues. Well, stress factors, how the kids are doing in school, what the financial situation is, what the job-related stress is, what the relationship stress factors are, any of those things can have ramifications in terms of erectile dysfunction. So while you can put your finger on, okay, this is a cause and this is a cause and this is a cause, a lot of times we don't have any identifiable factor that we can actually correct in the medical office. I want to ask you too, you know, along those lines, we're sort of digging down deep here to really get to some things. I'm sure there's a great deal of depression in men who are suffering from ED and maybe they put off speaking to their primary because it's a difficult subject, right? Or they put off seeing a specialist like yourself. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that, that sometimes what we think something is, there are other ramifications, right? So there may be psychological reasons why men are suffering from ED. And then if they are suffering from ED, that may bring on some depression. Maybe you can sort of tackle that for us. Without question, that happens. And also, an extension of that is the stress that can come on in a relationship from something like this, because the guy may not have any idea of what's going on, why he's having a problem, and then the partner can interpret it as it's their fault, and there's a problem with them in the relationship. And this can cause all kinds of issues. So I have always been a strong advocate that when something like this surfaces, go and see the doc and even come in as a couple to have the discussion because it's too often that it creates a significant amount of stress in the relationship. And sometimes that can have very negative effects on the relationship when the man really doesn't have any idea of what the issue is. It could, like I said, it could be a work-related stress issue. And when they get home, they just can't detach from that kind of stress or something in the home environment with, like I said, how kids are doing in school, how the kids are doing financially, or any of these things can cause ramifications that can lead to these issues. So depression, definitely you see it. It can be a cofactor in the problem as significant as heart disease or high blood pressure or diabetes. So all of these things can be significant factors. And the medications that we have available to us are not panaceas. I mean, the medications aren't 100%. Cialis and Levitra and Viagra and these oral medications that are out there and they can buy them on the internet. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting. But oftentimes you can find the medications on the internet. So the expectation is, oh, I'll take the pill and I'm going to be fine and everything's going to work. Well, no, it doesn't. So you take the pill and it may work six or seven out of ten times you take it. But three or four times out of ten that you take the pill, it's not going to work. So they're not 100%. The misconception that you come into the office or you find something on the computer where you can buy the medication and you get it delivered and, okay, problem's fixed. Uh Uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. And I see a lot of people who come in having gone through that kind of experience, and they come in and they said, I took the pills, and, you know, they didn't do anything. (laughs) Well, it happens, you know? Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's like we all are sort of familiar with these pills you're discussing, these sort of magic pills, but they're not really magic and they don't always work. And so it sounds to me, you know, in addition to being a urologist and a medical doctor, you have to be a little bit of a therapist as well, maybe working with the man, working with couples, trying to diagnose, really get at the heart of things. So when we think about the treatment options or whether it's really a situation where ED can really be cured, is it more managing it? Is the goal always to cure? You know, there's a lot to unpack there. Maybe you can help us do that. I really don't think there's going to be a cure. So I think managing it, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. So what the problem is here is for everything to work, you have to have increased blood flow that creates pressure that shuts off valves that drain the blood out. Okay, so you have to have blood flow in, creates pressure, shuts the valves, traps the blood in there, and then you can function. And at the appropriate time, the valves open up and the blood drains out. That's how the medication, that's how the pills work. You take the pill or you can give yourself a shot, which is enormously effective. It's about 99%. You give yourself a shot in the side of the penis with a really tiny needle. Eight minutes later, the medication works. 99% of the guys, you're ready to go. So what happens is the medication causes a dramatic increase in blood flow, which creates pressure, which shuts the valves, and the blood is trapped in there, so you get good function. And then the medication wears off, the valves open up, the pressure is relieved, the blood drains out, and you're back to a normal state, right? So there are a number of things that have to go right for all of that to work. And when, regardless of the pills, it doesn't always work out that way. And like I said, it's about six or seven out of 10 times you have success with the pills. With a shot, it's about 99%. So both parties kind of have to be in on this in terms of dealing with it for the most part when there's a relationship and this is causing issues in the relationship. So I oftentimes would prefer to talk to both people in the relationship so everybody's on the same page and there's no pointing fingers and it's my fault, it's your fault. And I think that really helps relieve a lot of the stress out of the relationship that the relationship takes on stress. It's it's very difficult to avoid that. So I think there's great benefit in both people in the relationship being involved with managing this. Yeah, that does seem like the appropriate word, you know, just managing it. And it's an interesting thing, medicine. So your job is to treat the thing. So in this case, we're talking about ED, right? Treating that, but in treating that and diagnosing it and working with the man, working with couples, you know, you could bring back a relationship that's suffering. You could help a man or a couple with depression related to ED. It's a lot on your plate, doctor. It's 100% accurate. Yeah. I think the end game here is to get this conversation going, get men to reach out, get them to speak up, get them to see someone like yourself. So as we wrap up here, when we think about ED, what would be your final thoughts and takeaways, whether it's encouraging men to speak up or how relatively easy it can be managed? I'll leave it to you in your words. Put a period at the end of the sentence, doctor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when this kind of thing surfaces for an individual, the best thing to do is, you know, Pick up the phone and make an appointment with somebody who's going to be adept at helping you out with this because there are too many ramifications down the road that this can parlay into that can have really negative effects on relationships, 
going forward. And it's something that should be addressed. And there are good treatment options that are very effective. And I think not only the benefit in terms of physically for performance, but the benefits psychologically, you can't understate what that's going to be for people to be happy and be at peace going forward in their relationships and in their daily life. Doctor, thanks so much for your time. You stay well. Thanks very much. This episode is sponsored by UM Charles Regional Medical Center, dedicated to offering acute health care and preventative services to generations of families in Charles County and surrounding communities. UM Charles Regional Medical Center, providing excellent care in Southern Maryland for over 80 years. And find more shows like this one at umms.org slash podcast. And thank you for listening to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We look forward to you joining us again 